Welcome to the Diversify Business Show with Eric Lindsay. Here at Diversify, you will learn how to successfully operate a business while having W-2 income or very minimal amounts of time. Experts will provide you with actionable and up-to-date strategies that will help you operate a profitable business. Here at the Diversify Business Show, we choose to focus on financial security, not job security. Today, we are here with Anthony Vecino. Anthony Vecino is a best-selling author, real estate investor, serial entrepreneur, committed to helping people maximize their return on life. He is the co-founding partner of Invictus Capital, a multifamily acquisition firm based in Minneapolis, Minnesota with $40 million in properties under management. That provides busy working professionals with the opportunity to invest better. As the host of the Multifamily Investing Made Simple podcast and author of Passive Investing Made Simple, Anthony firmly believes investing shouldn't be complicated, scary, or overwhelming. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Anthony. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, great, great. Yeah, so I know that didn't quite do you all the justice that you deserve, so if you could just kind of give us a brief bio and how you got involved in real estate. Yeah, the bio is fun because the bio is always like the highlights. It's okay. all the things that went really well. <laughs> but I think the part that everybody always resonates more with and like they like to hear like, yeah, but tell me how it all went wrong. So um, when I started, I came out of college and things were not going super good in my life. I had, I had really severe ADHD, which was problematic. I did not, I could not hold down a job. I was getting fired all the time. Mm-hmm. And so coming out of school, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Um, I, I had no clue. So I went off and I just did my own thing. And I was never entrepreneurial. Like I wasn't the kid that was ripping up flowers and selling it to the neighbor. I, I didn't have a lemonade stand. <laughs> and I never, I, I like all that stuff was so far from my mind. Mm-hmm. But life has this way of kind of like twisting and turning and bringing you to the place where ultimately you belong. And for me, it was a convoluted path that ended with that. At one point I was $80,000 in debt living in the back of a van. My fiance had just left me and like life was sucking. Wow. Um, but it was at that that moment when you're at rock bottom, we have nowhere to go but up, right? It's like so cliche, but it's true because when you have nothing to lose, you'll try anything. Mm-hmm. And when you have a W-2 that's paying really good and you have a family that you like and it's like things are going okay, like good is the enemy of great, right? Mm-hmm. So you get those comfortable shackles on, it's really hard. It's harder to break out of that. Mm-hmm. For me, I was at rock bottom and a buddy came to me and he's like, hey, what do you think about building a business together? And I was like, I got nothing else to lose. Let's try it. There you go. We built a window washing company. And next thing I know, I'm like, oh my God, I really love this. Like, but not washing windows. That sucks. But <laughs> it, it was a really, I love building businesses. And so that's what I did. I just dove into that for the last 15 years. I've been building businesses of different types. Real estate is just another one of those manifestations. And real estate is probably the coolest one because it's the simplest. It's so simple. Once you understand that there are only so many levers that truly matter when it comes to owning and operating real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you understand what those levers are and how to pull them and when to pull them, you can do really, really well. And so I, I liken it to Legos. They only go together in so many different ways. But once you understand how they do go together, you can build anything. You can build a Death Star, you can build a tractor, you can build a helicopter. And that's what real estate really is for me. It's this vehicle for building whatever I want. Um, having this vehicle for infinite impact because that that's where I'm at in my life right now is figuring out how I can help as many other people. How can I leave a legacy through the things that I'm building? 
because I don't plan on having kids. So I got to leave it through my works. So that's my long convoluted story. Wow. Wow. Well, no, that's a phenomenal story. And um, to just kind of hear your background, it's always neat to hear how people got to where they are. And so, um, you know, to hear that you came from 80,000 and dead and had a lot of life circumstances not going your uh, favor there um, and to see where you are today. Yeah, that that's phenomenal. It's um, truly a testament to your hard work and ingenuity as well. So, hey, could you bring us more up to speed of where you are today? I mean, what, what are you currently focused on um, within real estate? I know you are a serial entrepreneur, um, but as far as real estate, what exactly are you uh, working on as of right now? Yeah, so we Invictus uh, Invictus Capital is we, we focus only on multifamily in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. So Minneapolis, St. Paul, First Ring suburbs, and we focus on like twenty to sixty unit complexes. Oh, and wow. what's interesting about that is it's like the forgotten middle. So many people get into multifamily or syndications and they think, oh, I got to go buy this hundred unit, this two hundred unit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people they get into real estate and they think, oh, two units, three units, those are really big. I can't go bigger than that. And so there becomes this forgotten middle of the 20 to 60 units. And that's where we play. Like we have about at this point, 35 million, 40 million under management. And we, what we try to do is we group these assets by location, by uh, geography. So we put them in the same neighborhoods. That's our goal. And then suddenly you get a 20 unit here, 30 there, 50 here. And now you have the scale of economy for being able to run this thing efficiently. Uh, just today we put another 11 buildings for another 30 million under contract. So like Whoa. we're growing really rapidly, Whoa. but one of the things about us is that we've always been really measured with how we grow because it's not like we don't just buy a building and then hand it over to a third party management company and say, Hey, good luck. Godspeed. We have an in-house property management company, our own employees who are out there every day working with our residents. So when we bring in assets, we have to be able to, to manage them as well. So we've always tried to not get too far out over our skis. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's us. Uh, yeah, it, We're kind of weird because I think a lot of people, they look up at the Minnesota and they're like, it's cold up there. Why would you invest? What about <laughs> snow and frozen pipes? And I'm like, hey, uh, that's where money is. So. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's where everyone's trying to avoid. <laughs> I mean, you know, so I'm in a mastermind myself, uh, you know, coach a program and the uh, general consensus is to invest somewhere you would like to vacation or somewhere you would like to live. And that typically isn't in the cold state. So, um, yeah, I mean, that leaves a lot of opportunity for you um, and your colleagues in that 20 to 60 unit space. That's another area that's not really being pursued and targeted that much. So, yeah, you guys are are killing it. Hey, could you walk us through a deal? Um, so my listeners, the Moonlight listeners, they're uh, working professionals. A lot of them are investing passively. Um, some of them are like really, really busy. busy. So they've got W-2 income, but they're trying to build a syndication business or some kind of real estate business on the side. So um, we like to try to give our guests or our listeners actionable advice and just kind of walk them through a, a, a live scenario on, um, you know, a transaction that you've been a part of. And that way they could kind of take away the points and, um, you know, um, the information that you gained through that experience so that they can implement themselves. Could you just walk us through a transaction that you've completed? Yeah, 100%. So I think when you're new, like you're trying to do this as a side hustle or something is you got you to gotta be really clear about what you're good at 
in what you're not good at. And you're not going to try and be everything to everybody. And this is where, like, when I talk about we focus on Minneapolis, we're vertically integrated. We focus 20 to 60 units. We're not trying to cast a wide net and catch every single thing, right? We're not in all markets. We're not doing two to 2,000 units. And so a lot of people, when they're new, they think, if I narrow my focus, if I niche down and I say, this is what I do, and these are the roles that I can fill on the team, that they're going to miss out on opportunities. When the truth of the matter is, if you don't do that, there are going to be no opportunities that come to you. And so for us, like the type of deals that we do, we try to control as much of the interaction as possible. So what that means is we built an in-house property management company because we didn't want to outsource that. We wanted to be the ones that are taking care of our residents because our belief is they take care of them, they take care of the building, and that takes care of the investment. So from beginning to end, we're always looking at things through the lens of how do we cut out middle people? And so we don't typically work with a lot of other partners. We try to control as much of the general partnership as possible ourselves so that we can ultimately be accountable to the results. That also means that we have to raise our own capital. We have to source our own deals and we have to arrange financing and then we have to operate them. So it creates a lot more work for us, but that's just who we are. So like a case in point, like here's a deal um, that we did in November. So we syndicate, but we also do a lot of joint ventures because a lot of our investors, they are maybe transitioning from being active to wanting to be passive. So they've had some assets like a duplex or Airbnb. You're like, I'm over this. I want to sell this thing. <laughs> Problem is you can't really 1031 into a syndication very easily. It's very, 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 very cumbersome. So what we'll do is we'll keep our ears to the ground for opportunities that could serve our investors in their 1031 needs. Mm-hmm. Those properties, depending on how much 1031 they have, they might be a little bit smaller, like a 15 unit, maybe a 10 unit. And what we'll do then is we'll create a tenant in common structure. So not a joint venture. We're not partners. We're co-owners in this building. And what we'll do is we'll go and they literally take the deed and they like split it down the middle. And they're like, hey, you own this half of the deed. You own this half of the deed. But this gives them the opportunity to 1031 all their money into a deal. And the reason I'm sharing that is like in November, we did a deal with a guy who had maybe half a million dollars of 1031 money. We brought a little bit ourselves. We did this tenant in common. And it was an opportunity for us to solve a problem for him. And at the end of the day, that's like what you get paid for regardless of what the business is. If it's real estate or if it's widgets, it's washing windows, mm-hmm. you get paid to solve problems. Mm-hmm. And you get paid in proportion to the magnitude of problem that you solve. So the bigger, more complicated problems that you can solve, the more you get paid. So when you're first starting out, if you're trying to figure out, like, how do I become valuable? Figure out what problems you can solve for somebody. And one of the best things that I've learned from experience is if I go to somebody and I ask them, how can I add value to you? I am unlikely to get a very good answer because quite often when I'm asking that question, I'm giving the other person homework. But if I do research beforehand and I'm like, I'm intentional about, I want to work with this person because I know they're in this market doing this thing, but I see some opportunity. Maybe it's in their, their, their social media presence or in their acquisitions or in the capital. Like you, if you can be the one that identifies the problem and then proactively goes to that person and says, Hey, I have a solution to this thing that might bring you some value. You're going to win that person over way faster than mm-hmm. if you were just going and asking, how can I add some value? So exactly. little, little tip there, if you're trying to get into you know the GPs of things, it's like going in and saying, hey, here's what I can do. Here's, here's the value that I have to bring. 
Exactly. No, that's phenomenal advice because one thing about entrepreneurs, you know, we're constantly solving problems all day long and one more problem being stacked on top, on top of all the rest of the problems, <laughs> you know, that, it, you know, that's not that welcoming. So no, I'll completely get in. That's very sound. Um, advice you just passed out there. Hey, uh, just wanted to kind of clarify 1031s are, um, given to, uh, investors that are selling their property. It's a tax, um, incentive that you could roll, um, your, um, you know, the tax savings over to another property without having to actually pay taxes on a, on a property. Um, and hey, correct me if I'm wrong about any of that. You can just roll that, roll the cash, uh, the, uh, taxes over from a property without having to pay taxes on it. Is that, is that correct, Anthony? Effectively. Yeah. So if I'm going to go sell a building, let's say it, I'm going to sell it for half a million dollars. And let's say at this point, I only have 50% debt on. So my mortgage is 250,000. Uh, I have to exchange this for like kind property, which means I have to exchange it for if it's real estate and my name's on the deed, it has to be real estate. My name has to be on the deed. So the name on the deed has to match, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where the syndication doesn't really lend itself very well for a 1031 because it's it's not going to be the same name on the deed. It's going to look very different. So when I do this 1031, if I was to sell it right now, that means I have $250,000 of equity. I'm going to get capital gains taxed on and I don't want to pay that tax. Mm -hmm. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to sell this building and then within a pretty tight window of time, I'm going to buy another asset and I'm going to roll all the proceeds from asset one into asset two. And by doing that, I get to defer my capital gains tax. Now, here's the cool thing. I can keep doing this into perpetuity until I die. Mm -hmm. And once I die, if I pass this to my kids, the basis resets. Okay. And so they don't have to pay the taxes. Now, at any given point, if I decide to sell it before I die, mm -hmm. I'm going to have to pay all that catch up like all that past due, it's going like uncle Sam's going to get his money from me, but it's a great way of deferring your taxes. And the value of that is the time value of money. A dollar in hand is worth more than, you know, $10 in the future. So if I can keep that dollar in hand, keep it working for me rather than paying it out in taxes, mm -hmm. it's going to be very advantageous, advantageous in the long run. Exactly. Great, great, great explanation. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you explained it. You explained it 10 times better than I could. And so, uh, phenomenal job there. Hey, so how do you balance your, your life? Uh, you know, I know you said that you're not looking to have children or anything like that. Um, but I'm, I'm sure you have loved ones, parents or, you know, um, spouse or friends, family, hobbies. How do you manage to, um, balance your real estate business and keep it profitable, but also maintain the rest of your life? It's about ruthless prioritization and focus. It's understanding what are the most important things that I need to be working on at any given moment. And in life, it, especially in business and real estate, it's very easy to throw on so many tasks onto your to-do list mm -hmm. and be just busy, busy, busy. Mm -hmm. But very few of those actually equate to meaningful progress. And so you need to be very clear about what are those things that you're doing with your life that really move the ball forward. And this isn't always about work. This is also about relationships and friendships and like the things around you and then ruthlessly guarding that. Like when you set the priority, then you have to hold yourself accountable and actually follow through. Like we're, we can be pretty terrible at this at times where it says, Oh, I was going to do this thing. Like I was going to shut down, stop working at five. I was going to be present with my family, with my girlfriend. And then I didn't, I kept working until eight, right? Like 
that's not holding yourself accountable. That's not showing up. That's breaking a promise that you made with yourself. And so you got to prioritize. Mm-hmm. That's, that's huge. And then you got to focus. Like when you're working on something, mm-hmm. work on that thing. Exactly. And I'm okay with taking breaks throughout the day. I'm okay with taking breaks after every single task. Like, but when I'm working on something, mm-hmm. work on that thing. Turn off everything else. Give your entire being to that activity because it's only by doing that that you can enter into what's called the flow state. And mm-hmm. when you enter the flow state, it's like time stops. You, you feel disembodied. You're just like locked in. You're in the zone. And it's one of the most pleasurable states that humans can spend time into. Like if you've ever been in the flow state and you come out of it, damn, that felt good. Yeah. Like it felt like one with the universe. And there's, there's so many reasons for that. But like the more time you can spend in that state, like your productivity goes up by orders of magnitude, like by 500% when you're in the flow state. So if I can spend an hour in a flow state, that's equivalent to like five hours of work. Whoa, nice. Like, so think about that. Mm-hmm. Like I can get more done in that one hour if I can get into that flow state. So the key then is to figure out how to maximize my time in that. And the main thing for so many people, it's cutting out the distractions. Mm-hmm. Like, because usually when we sit down to work, like, it's like, oh yeah, I'll kind of, I'll, I'm kind of working on this. Let me check this tab real quick and see what's on my email. And the next thing you know, you look at your phone, check your text. Like it's so, it's so omnipresent. And so you have to find ways to cut all that stuff out. And when you sit down to do work, you do that work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, and, you know, when you get into that flow state, hours can zip by easily. Um, mm-hmm. And you're not even completely aware of it. But, hey, yeah, so uh, we're going to kind of move to the next portion of the show here. I know that you, um, you know, you're still working your other businesses while you're doing real estate um, so you've learned how to uh, build your real estate on the on the side as well. Uh, we're going to move into a portion of the show that we call our Moonlight Coach Around. And what we usually do during this period of time is ask our guests, professionals like yourself, um, a series of about two to three questions. We try to get you to keep your response to about one to two minutes per question. Um, and so the first question is, if a person had a very limited amount of time, what could they do to start a business like yours? Partner. Partnership. Yeah, your ability to do anything in business or real estate is going to be dependent on how well you work with and through other people. So if you only have, listen, every deal needs three things. You need somebody who has the time, somebody who has the experience, and somebody who has the capital. If you don't have the time, go find that person. Get the experience, get the get the capital, like figure out where you can add the value. But if you if you're limited on time, get a partner. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So second question is if a person had a a full-time job or very minimal amounts of time and they decided that they was going to listen to this podcast and take your strategy on syndicating apartments, 20 to 60 units, um, and they've done a couple of deals and now they want to scale, what would you recommend for them to do? Again, partner. Partnerships are huge. Um, But going back to that other answer real quickly, like the other thing too is that you need to... if you, if you don't think that you have enough time, like you probably aren't being very honest about how you're using your time. Like I encourage people to audit what you're actually spending your time on in the day because mm-hmm. there chances are you're wasting way more of it than you realize. So start right. there. If you want to start scaling, partnerships are huge. But the thing is like you will never scale beyond your personal skill set. You are always the bottleneck. Bottleneck. Yeah. 
And if you can't figure out how to expand your own skill set, whether that's your ability to communicate effectively or your ability to, you know, write, uh, underwrite or work with spreadsheets or uh, source deals, like if you'll never outgrow your own skills. So focus there. If you're tr- struggling to make the leap to the next level, it's because you're not good enough yet. So be honest. Nice. audit that and say, where am I not good enough? Because the great thing about being a human, mm-hmm. you can change, you can improve. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not this personal indictment. Like, Hey, you suck at this. I suck at so many things. <laughs> the cool thing is like, I know how to improve at them. Right. So if I want to get better at them, I can, and you can too. Right. Sweet, sweet. Hey, uh, last question. Um, if you was down to your last hundred bucks and wanted to build a business like the one you have, um, uh, what would you do to build it back up? So first is you got to get a cash generating machine going that then can supplement your real estate acquisitions, right? So I have a network. So if I had a hundred bucks, I could still go to my network. I could still raise, you know, tens of millions of dollars. No problem. I could still source and acquire deals. Mm -hmm. My model doesn't require that. Let's just assume that I don't have that stuff though. I'm starting from square one. I have a hundred bucks. Like you need to get a cash generating machine going. So you got to figure out what's the best way of doing that. In my experience, if you have no other skill and you're starting from square one, you're coming out of college, the best skill you can probably learn is sales. Go learn how to sell something. Go work at a car dealership or sell like some high ticket item. Get really good at that because you're going to make a ton of money. And then you can translate that money into going and buying assets. Wow. Nice. Nice. That's actually a new one. I haven't um, actually heard that one. So that's uh, that's great advice there. So, hey, we're going to start uh, wrapping things up. We always like to wrap it up with having our guests um, share what is a great business or personal development book that you would recommend for the Moonlight listeners? Uh, let's check out The Road Less Stupid. Okay. That book by Keith Cunningham. So if you guys have read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you, may, you might not know this, but Robert Kiyosaki didn't really have a Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He made it up. Oh, wow. He was basing his writing oh, yeah. off of Keith Cunningham. Oh. The rich dad in his book, and Robert admitted that he said this, the guy that he's writing about is Keith Cunningham. And his book, The Road Less Stupid, uh-huh. is a fantastic book that helps you think more clearly about what matters in your business and why your business maybe isn't growing how you want it to and how you can change that. So that's a good book. Wow. Nice. Nice. OK, The Road Less Stupid. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I had to look into that. Well, hey, uh, Anthony, we are at the close here. Uh, we always like to present our guests with opportunity to share with the Moonlight listeners how they could get in touch with you. What would be the best way for them to reach out? Yeah, if you want to get in contact, you can just shoot me an email, Anthony at InvictusMultifamily.com. You can go and check out what we do on uh, the InvictusMultifamily.com side of things. If you're interested um, in getting a copy of our book, Passive Investing Made Simply, you want to learn about how you know how we talk about passive investing, just go leave a review for this podcast and then shoot me an email at Anthony at Invictus Multifamily saying, hey, I left a review for the Moonlight Podcast and then I'll send you a free copy of the book. Okay, great, great. Well, you heard it, Moonlight listeners. Definitely take advantage of that. Anthony, he's a phenomenal guy. He's moving and shaking. He's got things going. So you'll be in uh, really capable hands. And to you, Anthony, thanks once again for coming out onto the show. Uh, we're looking forward to just kind of watching your success um, and connecting with you down the road. We'd love to have you back, and we're sure that you're going to be doing great things. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Diversify Business Show with Eric Lindsay. Please make sure to give us a five-star review, subscribe to this channel, and share this podcast with someone that is destined for business success. 
And until next time, let's keep pursuing financial security, not job security.